1: This is Transformation Church Podcast. Here at TC, we represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. We are in our vision series called Stronger. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? Nat and I want to invite you personally to our grand, grand opening. opening. Transformation Church on February 9th is the only place for you to be as we celebrate 21 years of being a ministry and five years of us being the lead pastors. Come on. We're here. We how do we do it? Oh how we made it. Dear God. But it was the grace of God. The grace of God allowed us to be pastors for five years, and I believe the grace of God is gonna allow you to get here and celebrate with us. Yes, TC Nation, we want you in the building. Bring your mama, daddy, your cousin, best friends, everybody, yeah, bring them too, yeah. bring them all. Come, we want you to be here, it is free, and we can't wait, it's the perfect time to come. If you've been wondering when's a good time to come, this is the event, this is what you wanna be and at. And really what it's, it, it's symbolizing is the mark of something that has happened in our church that we want you to be a part of in crazy faith. So Saturday the 8th, we're having a ribbon cutting ceremony at noon at the building to officially open it up, and Sunday morning we are going in at 11. 11 a.m. We're going to worship, and it's going to be phenomenal because there's a word in the house. And that Sunday night, we are having a live worship recording where we're going to sing some of the songs and record them that have been marks of this movement, and we want you to be in the place. And it's free. It's free. And it's going to be amazing, and we cannot wait for it to happen, and we can't wait for you to be there. Hey, February 9th, Transformation Church, grand opening. Let's do it. I got a word in the house today. So um, in honor of my man, Kobe, um, I I don't like to really um, think about all the negative things that happen in somebody's life when they transition. I like to celebrate what their life meant to me, and for me, I have four brothers, that means we all grew up watching basketball, the NBA, I have an older brother named Gabe, who is a diehard Lakers fan, literally have a picture of him crying after the Lakers (laughs) lost the championship, and I keep it for blackmail, one day it might be on the screen. But today I want to start this service off like I've never started any service off before because the vision here is to represent God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. So I want to represent today. And today we're starting this service off with a dunk contest. Transformation Church, welcome to the 2020 dunk contest. Our first contestant is the lead pastor of Transformation Church. Can you make some noise for Michael Toews? And our next contestant, his opponent, coming in at 6'6", a college basketball player. Give it up for Micaiah McCoy! What's up? What's up? All right, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. You look like an NBA player, but you ain't got nothing. Okay, all right, calm down. Calm down, calm down. Lord help me. Uh, Yeah, let me see what you got, bro. Let me see what you got, bro. All my sins please give me the Boeing's of Vince Carter in the name of Jesus Amen. hey can y'all help me can I do this can y'all help me Micaiah
1: won.
0: Y'all give it up for Micaiah real quick. R.I.P. Kobe. <sighs> I'm tired. <sighs> um, you know, that sounded like a good idea in theory. <laughs> Before I actually came out here and you know, as I think about this, how my heart is beating this fast (laughs) and how I'm about to sweat off my edge up and (laughs) um, I I think there's a message in what just happened that I was strong at a low level like if the rim would have stayed at the six feet mark. <laughs> I, I, I was really confident when we started. And then they raised it up a little bit and, and it scared me for a second, but then I went and put on the cold jersey and I got into my character and I was still able to dunk at that level. But when the rim was raised to the standard, When it was put at the regulation at the standard height of 10 feet I was not able to participate in strength anymore Because I have been practicing my whole life on the wrong level Uh oh. And may I suggest to you that there are many of us yelling we're getting stronger But we're getting stronger at the wrong level. We are comparing ourselves and patting ourselves on the back for a a, a a level that is lower than the standard. I'm about to preach this thing in the building. I'm coming for you today. If you thought that today you were just gonna get a nice little pat on the back and sit on your way, no, 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 no. Today I'm coming for you. Because the thing that I'm realizing is, is there are so many believers who are playing this game of life and they spend their entire life working off of the wrong standard and at the moment they get put in the real game of life all of their effort all of their energy all of their practice is not useful the crazy thing is if I would have been practicing on 10 feet my entire life I have the genetics, I have the ability, I have the the opportunity to dunk like Micaiah dunk, but I have not been working on the right standard. And today I'm challenging every person that this is the season of our church that we don't just yell stronger because a lot of people are getting stronger, but by whose standards? Is it the standard you made up? Is it the standard your family showed you? May I submit to you that the standard you've been living and playing on may not be the standard that will get you qualified for what God has for you. And there are too many people in this room, me included, that would rather lower the rim to feel like we're successful. Ah. Uh, We would rather lower our morals, lower the way we talk to people, lower our integrity, lower our character, lower our relationship. (laughs) Uh, Let me stop. Cause some of y'all are dating people that are six foot gold people. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh we've been together so long, baby that ain't even the standard. (laughs) We've been doing jobs and taking bribes and writing people on our taxes that ain't been there for six years. But it's okay because that's the low-level standard you saw growing up. That business partner you looked up to when he got into your life, you saw the underhanded, unintegrous things that they did. And out here it looks successful, but to God it looks like it's below the standard. So today in this week of stronger, I want everybody to look at your neighbor and tell them the title of my message, raise the rim. Come on, somebody say raise the rim. Find one more person and tell them to raise the rim. It's time for us to raise the rim in our marriage. It's time for us to raise the rim in our integrity. It's time for us to raise the rim in our families. It's time to raise the rim in our stewardship. And you see how many weak claps I got? No, 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 don't clap now. Don't clap now. Don't clap now you're exposed Uh. (laughs) the reason is because with the right angle the dunks that I do on this level look the same as the dunks some people do on regulation If, if if you see it right if the cameraman was just right that's why Instagram and Facebook A lot of times, it's just us angling the lens. You're not a really good father, but you took the picture. Girl, dad, uh-huh, Oh, let me stop. You ain't been present for years. You, you, you're not really, we're trying to angle it so that the lower level looks like it's really something That's a standard, but today I'm coming to challenge you that no longer will Transformation Church play at a low level, that we're gonna, everybody say with me, raise the rim. Now the crazy thing about it is when the rim went to the regulation 10 feet, couldn't dunk anymore. It wasn't as sexy. No matter that you were cheering for me, I still did not have the ability to reach But it's better for you to try on what the standard is uh, than be fooling yourself for your whole life on a low level. Okay, I'm going to preach this thing to y'all today. So y'all got to stay with me, okay? The reason why everybody's celebrating Kobe and his accomplishments and all that stuff is because he did amazing things, but he did it on the standard. There was one game in 2006, January 22nd, where Kobe scored 81 points on the Toronto Raptors. Now, 81 points, if you've never played a game, that's video game numbers, okay? And he scored 81 points. But the reason why we recognize it is because he did not do it outside of the standard. If he did it on an 8-foot goal in his backyard with no referees, we would not be talking about it. And many of us are acting like our great accomplishments are great, but they don't really count because they were outside of the standard of God. And the reason why it's an amazing feat is because he did it on the regulation height, he did it with referees, and he did it with an opponent, and he still scored 81 points. What God is saying is, I want you to get stronger to the point that it doesn't matter who your opposition is, it doesn't matter what rules and regulations have been put on you, Cause you're black, cause you're white, cause you're fat, cause you don't have an education He said you can do all of it and you can still excel with a standard Somebody needs to give God praise right there But see, most of y'all don't understand what a standard is, so let me help you A standard is something set, everybody say set It is set up and established by an authority It's a rule that measures the quantity, weight, extent, and the value or the quality of something. See, Kobe didn't set the standard for what the NBA court looked like. He didn't set the standard that a three-point line is 23.9 inches away from the goal. He didn't set the standard that the free throw line is 15 feet away from the goal. He didn't set the standard that 10 feet was regulation height, but he played within the standard and was able to excel. My problem with Christianity today is that we have people that are trying to excel, but they're doing it outside of the standard of God. And so when God sees somebody claiming him, but that not doing it inside the standard he has to step back and let you fail at that until you realize y'all don't hear me until you realize that you have to play by his rules yep let me just give you a point because some of y'all still stunned you don't know what happened so far in the service you can't get stronger on a low standard write it down you cannot get stronger on a low standard. If I play on this six-foot goal for the rest of my life, I will never have the ability to do what is actually in me to do. And I just wonder how many people in this room have so much more potential on the inside of you, have so much more to give, have so much more to deposit on this earth, have so much more to give away, but you'll never reach your potential because you're playing on a low standard. So I begin to think of why people that have never met Kobe are crying, getting tattoos of another grown man on their body forever. I begin to think that that it wasn't because they had a personal experience, it's because he took the standard as his bottom place of living. The standard was not what Kobe was trying to achieve. The standard is where he started. Let me, let me stop, because so many of us are trying to figure out, is that sin? Is that sin? Well, if I let them touch it, but they don't. Oh, I'm in your house today. Is that sin? Well, if I lie on my tax returns this year, but I pay it back next year. See, we're just trying to attain the standard instead of letting the standard be the place that we start. As a child of God, I'm not trying to reach this place when i blood-bought by Jesus Christ, I start off as the righteousness of Jesus Christ and too many of us Because we've let the wrong thing define our standard We're playing below our ability ah. How many of you are dunking on a six-foot goal in your marriage? Oh, no, you're married got the ring and everything but you still let people slide into the DMs. Well, honey, don't worry. They from high school. Dunking on a six-foot goal. Hey, you dunking on a six-foot goal? I said, I'm dunking on a six-foot goal. I'm dunking on it. A... That's so what you're doing. How many of you are dunking on a six-foot goal when it's when you want to go look nice, and so you go to a store, and you buy clothes, and you put your armpit stains on it. Oh, I'm coming for you today. And you wear it, and you take pictures on the gram, and then you have the nerve to put so ever slightly the receipt and the, and the tag back on it, and take it up to the thing, and have an attitude when they ask you, did you wear it?" Oh, uh, you, you're... And some of y'all right now have clothes on that you plan to do that with after this service. And some of you are mad, cause like, what's wrong with that? You're dunking on a six foot goal. That's a poverty mindset. I'm gonna need security when we leave here. But my God owns everything. So if I only wanna wear it one time, He can bless me so much that I buy it and I give it away. But you, but you so stuck. On a six foot goal. Ah, ah, you dunk it on a six foot goal. People, I'm gonna need security when we leave here. They mad. They're like, I'm taking this back. No, okay. You're dunking on a six foot goal when you talk to your kids. You, how do you have the nerve to talk to them disrespectfully and then expect them not to talk back to you disrespectfully? you're playing on a six foot goal it's time for you to raise the rim you cannot talk to them and cuss them out out of emotion and then when they get mad at you I'm your mama Th- that don't matter they you are reaping what you sow oh. What they doing? They dunking on a six-foot guy. Yeah! They dunking on a six-foot Let me stop, let me stop, let me stop. All I'm saying is it's time to raise the rim. Somebody say raise the rim. We gotta raise the rim in our integrity. We gotta raise the rim on what we do when people are looking and when they're not. We gotta raise the rim on how we talk to people. We have to raise the rim on how we love people. The standard can't be the achievement. The standard has to be our starting place. Somebody yell at me, raise the rim. Okay. So the question you have to ask yourself is who made your standard? Was it culture? Was it your big brother? Was it MTV? Was it your favorite singer? Was it your favorite athlete? Who defined the culture for you? Because remember, the standard has to be set by an authority. And may I submit to you that the only authority that should be setting standards in this world today, because culture is always changing its standard. It's skinny jeans this day, it's wide leg jeans this day, it's fuel efficient cars this day, and it's big diesel trucks this day. It's marry one person, and it's marry anybody you wanna Like it's, the culture keeps changing and may I suggest that our standard needs to be set by the Word of God? Write this point down. My standard is the Word of God. Come on, somebody say that. Somebody say, My standard is the Word of God. Even if it's not right now, say it by faith. Say, My standard is the Word of God. Now, let me convince you and make my argument of why. The standard should be the Word of God because anytime somebody is the authority or the creator of something, that means they were there before it happened. And when they're there before it happened, they've taken into consideration everything that might happen when it's formed. And I want you to see in the Word, John chapter 1 verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and check this out, the Word was God. Verse 3 says, and through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Do y'all see how clear that is? So the only person that should be able to set the authority or the standard in my life is the one who was here and is before anything ever came to be. And that's why I say boldly, my standard is the word of God. Somebody say it one more time. My standard is the word. And this gotta be in all areas of my life. We can't just pick and choose where the standard of God applies to our life. And I know this is basic teaching for some, but it needs to be the foundation because some of y'all done forgot that you've been making up things that make your life comfortable instead of listening to the patterns and the set rules and standards and regulations that the word of God sets for us. And this is why I'm coming to you with my favorite scripture ever to figure out how to find the right standard. It's Romans chapter 12, verse two. It's literally the scripture that we got the name for transformation church off of. But look what it says when we talk about standards. It says, do not be conform yourself to the standards of this world. But let God, the authority, transform you inwardly. It always starts on the inside. By a complete change of your mind. That means God's going to change your mind before he changes your money. See, if God blessed you with what you really asked for right now, it would end you up in the same place you're in right now because the thing that really is important to change is your mind. He's going to change your mind before he changes your marriage. If, if, I, I promise God better just work on her. I'm going to pray for her because if she change, then I'm going to be fine. What a little her. If you <laughs> would stop pointing at what they're doing, and say, but what am I doing? Can, can I love? I know they're difficult to work with. But, but can I do something different? Can I, can I love better? Can I, can I ask something? What I'm trying to say is the only one that can create real transformation is not the zeros in your bank account. It's not Instagram followers. It's not anything else except God changing your mind. But what is he doing when he changes your mind? He's resetting a standard. I know that's what culture taught you. But that's not how you treat women. I, I, know, I know that's what your greedy uncle told you, but that's not how you treat money. I know that's how you had to defend yourself to get up in life by tearing other people down. But that's not the standard in the kingdom of God. So you cannot expect the blessings of the kingdom when you don't use the methods of the kingdom. And there are too many people out here wearing a big cross necklace talking about Jesus Christ but will cuss you out faster than a sailor if you cut them off or take their parking spot at Target. That woman was like, that's true, I did cuss Sally out. I did, I did it. Somebody say raise the rim. So all I'm asking everybody to do is to think about from this point on, we're not going to talk about everything you did before you got here today. We're going to let that be, washed under the blood. But when you leave here today, will you play at the standard? You know something that as I've been watching and diving into all of these Kobe clips and interviews and all this other stuff, I found one that took my breath away. I found um, Kobe in high school in a dunk contest doing way better than I just did at 33 when he was 15 years old. Take a look at this real quick. Fifteen. That's unfair. It's the McDonald's chicken nuggets. They have hormones in them. It's ridiculous. It's tall and lanky. He jumped over kids. That's child abuse. Now, now I, want you, I want you to think about this for one second. Think about this for one second. Kobe was 15 in that clip, dunking on the standard. He decided to challenge himself young because if he started dunking on the standard young, it was the level that he would be playing on for the rest of his life. And this is what I wanna say to every young person in the room. You do not have to wait until you get older to hold up a standard. You don't got to go through all of the trials and tribulations that your mom and them and your big cousin them and everybody else went through. You can start dunking on the standard right now. You can have purity right now. You can handle your money right right now. Y'all don't believe me? The Bible says at 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. But be an example or be the standard. To all the believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. What's your excuse? I'm too young with all my friends and I can't. And God's saying, if you would just raise the rim, maybe it would take a little time getting used to not cussing people out. Maybe it'll take a little time to figure out how to actually tithe and set aside 10% of your income and you're working your first job at Burger King and you wanna have it your way, but God's saying, I want it my way. (laughs) Y'all will catch that later. He said, "The, the problem is, is that all your examples have played at a low level so long that now when they're older and they try to raise the rim, Doubt comes in. Fear comes in. How can I trust God? I've been wilding out my whole life. Now I want to be celibate? At 35? Dry in a barren land? <laughs> want to strike a rock and let water come from the rock? you just me. <laughs> Lord pray for me. It's always harder to try to set a standard when you already have a habit. Mm. And and, and so for some of us it's going to be easier to raise the rim because we we haven't formed a habit yet but for others of us this is why you're here. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. To be able to help you, not just raise the rim and make it, but be able to break the habit of doing what you've been doing and then raise the rim and then be able to do what God's called you to do. Everybody shout, at the standard. Okay, so write this point down. Getting stronger in God's standard requires sacrifice. So what most people want to do is raise the rim, but still use the same amount of energy that they used at a low level. Well, I didn't really have to pray before when I gave $1 every time I came into church. But now you asking me to actually get 10% of my income? I got to pray every day. (laughs) You said to love your enemies. I only, at the low level, love the people who like me. So if you like me, I love you. But you telling me I have to go back to work tomorrow? And that nasty stanky attitude haven't, don't know her daddy. Like, you know, I used to start saying dumb stuff. It doesn't matter. If they're your enemy, God tells us as believers, raise the standard, love them anyway. Well, they talked about me, love them anyway. They slapped me, turn the other cheek. Now, my mama told me Who was the standard? My mama told me if they hit me. <laughs> okay, let, let's be real. How many people, parents told you that if you got hit, if they hit you first, make sure you su- get suspended, beat them. That young man is sitting there, he's four years old. Where, where are his parents? <laughs> now, listen. Now, watch. Whose standard is actually the standard? I'm just coming. And some of you are so frustrated right now because it's challenging your core beliefs. But my mama told me. She did. But she's not the standard. Oh, Lord. But my husband told me. He's nice. But he's not the standard. Well, a successful person told me you have to. They might have money. But they're not the standard. And until the church of Jesus Christ goes back to the unchangeable, unmovable, unwavering standard of the word of God. Every election is gonna throw us around. Every time somebody dies, our faith is gonna be shaken. Every time we lose, we're gonna think God has forgotten about us. And he says, why is all of this happen? It's because you have a low level standard. Somebody shout at me and say, raise the rim. That whole section is mad at me right now. That whole section. (laughs) So so what type of sacrifice are you talking about, Pastor Mike? I'm about to give you the cheat code. I found this out in my whole life. Sacrifice only has to do with three things, okay? Write this down. All God wants you to sacrifice. This is It's your time, your treasure, and your talent. That's it. He wants time from you. He wants your treasure, and he wants your talent. And the crazy thing about the talent and the treasure and the time is he gave you all of them. You missed it. See, that's the real problem is you think your time is yours. You think your treasure is yours. You have the audacity to think that what you came to this earth naturally inclined to do, you somehow deserve that. So the problem is a stewardship issue, that God gave us something and we're not willing to give him back what he freely gave to us. Uh. And so the problem with me not being able to dunk was not that I didn't have the ability, I didn't give my time to it, I didn't practice. I didn't give my treasure to it, I could have paid somebody to help me jump or work me out, I wasn't paying for that. I'm not going to the NBA. (laughs) and I did not give my talent to it. The the thing that is very funny to me, write this down. (laughs) The reason many people never reach greatness is not because they don't have what it takes, it's because they won't give what it takes. No, no, I'm gonna say that one more time because some of y'all just got it. The reason why many people never reach greatness is not because they don't have what it takes, it's in you. But it's because you won't give what it takes. You won't sacrifice what it takes. People don't know how many hours it takes me during the week to think and research and pray and ask, does this sound stupid? Does this make sense? To get up here for an hour and do what I do. Some people are like, he just naturally gifted at that. Look at him, look at him. He's up there and he's dunking and he's singing the songs and he knows the scripts. So. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. But the gift that you see today was because God raised the rim and said, I want you to pastor a church. Huh? Do you know how many times I had to run up to the goal of being a leader of a church and lay it up? I couldn't dunk it when I started this. Ah. See, everybody wants to raise the rim and automatically be able to windmill and 360 and dunk, and it don't work like this. It took me years of sacrificing my time, my talent, and my treasure. Do you know how many conferences I've paid to go to? To listen to people, instead of buying shoes, I listen to an old white man tell me But see, people want this, but they don't want to sacrifice for it. People want what Kobe had, but they wouldn't sacrifice for it. And the problem is when you raise the rim and you get a standard, you now have to be committed to a sacrifice. And I'm asking Transformation Church, God's asking us to raise the rim. Will you sacrifice your time? Will you join a belong group? Will you actually serve on team? There's hundreds of kids over here that... If you show them the standard, they wouldn't have to get healed and reworked like you did. I'm asking for men to actually get in the game and start raising and helping teach little children the word of God from a male's perspective. Not that the voice of God is just a female. They mama, they auntie, they granny. But there's men of God. uh, Let me stop. That will stand up and say, ask for me and my house. We're raising the standard! Oh, but I forgot the game is on. And so you would rather give your treasure to a cable company who distracts you from purpose than to say, you know what, I'm gonna sow my time into a young man who maybe lost his father, or a young man whose father is, I already got my own kids, but you know, you reap what you sow, so maybe that time where you've been disconnected from your kids and they're not listening anymore, if you would sow that same thing into somebody else's children that God would bring along somebody else to be able to... Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't understand how the kingdom of God works. It's it's in reverse. Everything you need, you give. Everything you want, you give it away. And that's why I'm telling you it's time for us, everybody say, raise the rim. You you know, Kobe was known for his... uh, I'll say it like this, he was known for his um, really just unnecessary sacrifice. Like you already made it to the league. You came out when you was in high school. He was 17 years old when he got into the NBA. Think about your 17 year old. That's enough. (laughs) Making millions of dollars, but He decided that his sacrifice was not just going to be because he made it to the standard. He was going to give more. Now I could tell you that, but I'm gonna let one of his opponents tell you, Jay Williams, a specific instance that happened that shows you the type of sacrifice that Kobe was willing to give. Check this out.
1: I go back into the room and then I sit in the sauna and I get ready for the game. Who do I see? I see Kobe Bryant already working out. So once I set my foot across that line, I started working out. And so I worked out for a good hour, hour and a half. And when I came off, after I was done, I sat down. And of course, I still heard the ball bouncing. I went down I'm like, yeah. I'm like this, guy's, this guy's still working out? So he was working out. Like, it looks like he was in a dead sweat when I got here. And he's still going. And it's not like his moves are nonchalant, <laughs> lazy. He's doing like game moves. You know? um, I sit there and I unlace my shoes and I'm like, I want to see how long this goes. I us out there and watch. Another 25 minutes. And he got done. I said, okay. I think I've seen enough. Go play. You know? Come back. Get in the sauna. Get ready for the game. That game, he drops 40 on us. Okay? And after the game is over, I'm like, I, I have to ask this guy. Like, I, I have to understand, like, why why he, he works like that. Right. So after the game I'm like, hey, Cove, like, why, why were you in the gym for so long? He's like, because I saw you come in, (laughs) and I I wanted you to know that it doesn't matter how hard you work, that I'm willing to work harder than you. Wow. You just, you inspire me to be better.
0: Now, he was willing to give that level of sacrifice for a game. Are you willing to give that level of sacrifice for your God? And, and, and. The truth is many of us aren't. The sad truth is even after God has done everything for us, somehow we think that what we have is ours. If God asked you for what was in your wallet right now, you'd throw a fit. If he asked you for your home, you would go crazy. And if he asked you for time every week to go help kids learn how to read, You'd spend that time casually on Instagram comparing yourself with people. When God said, I just needed a sacrifice of your time, your talent, and your what? Your treasure. Mm. But look what Romans 12.1 says. He says, friends, if we're going to do this thing because of God's great mercy to us. How many are thankful for God's grace and mercy? Like the, oh, Okay, come on. Let's remember where we used to be. He said, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, I beg you, I ask y'all, please think about this. Offer yourselves as a living, what? sacrifice? Oh my God. That's everything. That's your time, talent, and treasure. And offer it to the authority, to God. Dedicated to His service. And pleasing to Him. This, not that song you sang. Not your favorite worship song. This is true worship that should be offered. If we're gonna do this, I want you to understand it's saying it not that it could be offered. It said it should be offered. And all I'm asking us to do is raise the rim. And as we raise the rim and we get the standard, I want us to get the audacity to commit to the sacrifice that it's gonna take to do it. And I know Many of us don't wanna do the sacrifice because the rim is too high and we would rather be able to play on the goal we made up. I don't like the goal here. Let's move it closer. Nah, I don't like it here either because I don't have any authority I'm not submitted to anything, I can make up my own rules, (laughs) and I can make it as comfortable as I want it to be. Let's play a game where I only get to shoot, and I only get to score, and it's all about me, and let's see who gets to 10 fast. One, two, three, four, five and this is how most of us look in our life because there's no standard. Look at me, I set my own rules for relationship. Look at me, I do what I want with my money. Look at me, I treat people how they treat me. And God's saying, is that really what it's about? You setting your own standard subpar to what I called you to do And so the sacrifice is easy. A child could come play on this. But a maturing believer, this is below the standard. Church, I hope you hear my burden today. The world's not coming to a God who his children, all they do is win on a standard they set. If Kobe Bean Bryant was dunking on this goal, with all of his ability, everybody would think he was crazy. (laughs) Broke the backboard. That man needs to be checked in But isn't that what believers look like? But you're mean to everybody? I give you all the glory. But you don't give in the offering? I know I am. And the reason I want you to sit in this and... The fans leave early. <laughs> I, I, I'm so sorry. I don't... I'm sorry. You know when your team gets down and it gets uncomfortable and they are not really a diehard fan they, they, not, they don't ride with the team. They just come to cheer when it's good, and then they come when we're talking about we got the keys, the keys. But then when you start talking about changing and transformation, people start leaving early. <laughs> it's okay though. Catch it on the rebroadcast. Let me get back, and let me. I'm, I was about to go down a whole situation. Okay. So we got the standard. Everybody say standard. standard. And we're gonna sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. sacrifice. But now you need a strategy. See, the problem with so many people is they get the standard, they're willing to sacrifice, but they don't have a strategy. Now, let me help you understand something. You don't need a strategy if you don't have an opponent. The only reason you need a strategy. Is because you're going up against something. And the problem is most of us are living our lives as if we do not have an opponent. Like, like, like you're playing pickup ball in the game of life. But the reason you need strategy, because at the moment you decide you're gonna live pure, the enemy becomes your opponent and he sends every chicken head that you, no, I'm just saying every person. It's the truth though, people be DMing you that didn't even like you, and like the people at work be like, oh, are you getting stronger? You know, no, I gained five pounds, but if you think so. Somebody say, I have an opponent. So that means you need a strategy. And most of us don't have a strategy of how we're going to live pure, a strategy how we're going to stay accountable, a strategy of what we're going to do with our wealth, our time, our talent, and our treasure. And that's why I'm begging you, strategy, write this point down, is preparation for opposition. You only study game film for the team you're about to play. So many of us, the reason we need to be in our word and we need to get in a small group at the end of this month, the reason why we need to be accountable is because that is part of the strategy. Somebody say strategy. Because in this year you will have opposition. And most of us are playing like the devil do not wanna trip you up. Let me prove it to you. John 10, 10, it says the thief, our opponent, the devil is only coming to steal Kill and what? It's easy to dunk with no opposition. But when the enemy comes and stands in front of you, Micaiah, come back up here real quick. Okay? This is the thing that you got to realize, that he wants to take away your purpose. But look what God says. My purpose, the reason I came, is to give you rich and satisfying life. Where's the ball? Who got the ball? Son, behind the goal, get, get, get the ball. Let me show y'all something. This young whippersnapper. <laughs> That's how you know you're getting old when you start saying stuff like, this young whippersnapper. Stand under the goal, son. Stand under the goal. I've been praying and fasting. Fasting and praying. Praying and fasting, and what? Fact. I'm about to dunk on you, son. And I want you to know you're the devil, you're slew-footed, and your mama ugly, too. Not your real mama, he's the devil. I love his real mama. Tammy, I love him. I want you to try to block me when I come in to yam on your face. Give me the ball son. Now the only reason that I was actually able to dunk on somebody who actually does this because the rim was at a low level. Could you raise the goal up please? He can move, because I can't dunk dunk on him if he was there or if he wasn't. (laughs) My point is, to be able to dunk with an opponent at the standard, I gotta have a strategy. Now some of you don't know this because you don't play basketball, but the easiest dunk to make is an alley-oop. Because I don't have to actually carry the ball all the way up. All I got to do is get high enough to tip it in. This is the grace of God. That if you would partner with him in strategy, and when he says get in a belong group, that's for your safety. That's an alley-oop for you. You don't hear me. When he tells you to give 10% of your income, he said, because I'm a rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's an alley when God tells you to give, he said, it's because I have something better coming behind. That's the alley you. And so many of us are missing the strategy of God because we won't take the time and acknowledge that there's an opponent. But my Bible says greater is he that's in me than any defender that's in me the world. Somebody, if you're going to have a strategy this year for God to make you everything you've called to be, let's give God a shout of praise in this room right now. Okay. I need five more minutes because I got to give some of y'all strategy. Okay. So how many people in this room and watching online need a strategy for purity? They fake. They didn't even want to write. She's like, oh, I don't know. Did you see it? We are a hot church, humble, open, and transparent. You can be married. You can. Be, did y'all think because you get married, you, you, you. Oh, golly, how many people need a strategy for purity in this room? Okay, let me give you strategy. Psalms one nineteen nine. How can a young person stay pure by obeying the word? God, I just gave you strategy the Brenda Todd version the BTT version says by hiding yourself in the Word of God When I was trying to get out of pornography When I was trying to stop seeing women as objects and see them as the Queens that God made them to be I had to dive into the Word of God I could not watch what everybody else was watching I could not listen to everything that everybody was listening to because I had to have a strategy to be able to see the results that God wants us to see. So many people come up to me and be like, Pastor Mike, I deal with the same thing you deal with, pornography, man. And I just want to know, what can I do? Lay hands on me. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> me laying hands on you ain't gonna do nothing. I can only pray and agree with the standard, sacrifice, and strategy that you've set in place. And too many people want a breakthrough in an area they're not willing to go through. You want to go around it, and God says, you got to go through it. I'm going to deliver you. Remember, the children of Israel did not go around the wilderness. They went. And until, see, oh, God, I want to preach. The children of Israel, God had a strategy but they disobeyed the standard They started creating golden calves and worshiping other gods and getting distracted and what they did is they sacrificed But they sacrificed on the wrong level Moses was up in the mountain hearing from God and they were supposed to be worshiping and praising the God that Moses was talking to And they said ah, let's lower it down to six feet and let's take all our gold and our jewelry off Let's melt it together and let's build a golden calf Maybe this six-foot God can answer our big prayers and they started wrestling And thanking and worshipping A God that was at a low level And they turned an 11 day journey Into a 40 year death Nobody from their generation Except two people got into the promised land That God gave them Because they didn't keep the standard They weren't willing to sacrifice And they didn't have Everybody say strategy how many people need strategy for a healing? You need a healing in your body. James five sixteen. you ain't ready for this. Confess your sins. What does that have to do with my arthritis, Pastor Mike? I didn't make up the standard. This is the standard of God. You need a healing, okay? Confess your sins. To who, you Pastor? Because I know you can handle it, Pastor, because you're a man of God, and I just know that if you hear it then, then God is gonna hear it too, and no. That ain't what it say. Confess your sins to, to who, to who? She gossip too much. Well then why is she your friend anyway? See, cause if the people in your circle can't help you heal, maybe you're in the wrong space. It says confess your sins one to each other. Pray for each other. That means you don't need a pastor, a prophet, or an apostle to get your healing. I know this makes some pastors and leaders because they want to be the one to touch you and give you what the man of God, M-A-N-D, has for you. Jesus, the greatest apostle. the He said, greater works will y'all do. He's like, y'all waiting for me to do something? I gotta go, because the greater one, the Holy Spirit, is gonna come and not just be on the outside, he's gonna be on the inside, and he's gonna give you, everybody say, power! And so he says, yeah. He said, confess your sins one to each other, pray for each other so you may be healed. Oh, you need a strategy for healing. And he's like, y'all, the earnest prayers of righteous people have great power and produce wonderful results. I'm trying to give y'all real life strategy. Is this strategy helping anybody in the room right now? Does anybody need strategy for communication? You need your communication. You about to cuss everybody out, okay, here we go. Ephesians 4:29. Let no corrupt words proceed out of your mouth, <laughs> but what is good for necessary edification that it may impo- impart grace to the hearers. That means if you can't edify with your words, shut up. I feel a holy shut up coming. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Some of y'all be about to be say something, and you're going to hear in the spirit. Shut up. That's God. How many, how many people need strategy for your finances? Okay, come on. I got one, Proverbs 3.9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, Uh uh-oh. With the first fruits of all your crops, watch the promise, then your barns or your bank accounts will be filled to overflowing and your vats or your investments will brim over with new wine. I'm talking about strategy. A standard that's willing to sacrifice your time, talent, and treasure and a strategy from the Word of God to see it. I'm gonna give you one more. How many people just need a strategy for your life? A strategy for your whole life. All right. My favorite scripture in the Bible, Matthew 6 33. But seek first. Everybody say first. That's above the likes, above the bag. Some of y'all, are like, I gotta secure the bag, don't pass the mic. Above the bag, above the bay. Well, I just need to be in a relationship and I know you will be honored by our union. <laughs> Y'all, we can twist scripture for all kind of stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God and his right standing. Right standing, not perfect standing, right standing with God and that can only happen through what Jesus Christ did for us. And all these things, look at the promise, will be given to you as well. Have you ever gotten something and it was a thing you want and then they gave you bonuses? It's like buying cologne at Dillard's. Yeah. Some of y'all don't know nothing about this because you get it from the man on the corner, but if you ever, <laughs> yeah, some of y'all got a man. I got oils. <laughs> y'all already know. <laughs> and why do that oil bottle last for six years? Like, you <laughs> some of y'all still got the same cologne from high school, like, okay, anyway. But if you ever buy a cologne or a perfume for Dillard's or Macy's, they give you the cologne, but then they give you all this other random stuff as well—tote bags, deodorant, uh, 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 steak from a sizzle. I, I mean, it's just. But that's what living at the standard of God does. He says, "I'll bless your family, and I'll bless your business." And I'll give you a love of your life. Y'all don't have to work on it, but it's going to end up glorious. And I'll bless your kids because I'm a generational God. And I don't just stop with him. I go from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Y'all don't hear me. Okay, I'm done. Write this last point down. When you submit to the standard, then you surrender to sacrifice and sell out to strategy. You will see success. The thing I think about Kobe's life, 20 years at the same organization, that man coming into the league at 17 years old, he is probably one of the most successful NBA players to ever play the game. He had 18 all-stars, four league MVPs, two Olympic gold medals, and five NBA championships. If we were to categorize success in that lane, Kobe Bryant was massively successful. The reason I'm so passionate about this moment and why I used him as an example, is because almost at this very time last week, him, his daughter Gianna, and seven other people, took off on a routine helicopter flight. And minutes later, the reports begin to flood in. That every person on that helicopter has transitioned into eternity. And we're talking about a standard and a sacrifice and a strategy so we can see success. And many of us feel like we have an infinite amount of time to make those decisions. This whole week, I've been asking myself as a father of two daughters and one son and a husband to one wife and somebody that aspires to be successful in the area that God has placed me, it made me question what success was. Is success a big auditorium? Is success a million Instagram followers? Is success $10 million? What is success? and the holy spirit dropped in my heart what success was and i want to share it with you today and hope it changes the perspective of your life don't ever forget that i said this true success is obedience to god true success He's doing what God asks you to do. If he asks you to teach those kids where you're getting paid not enough, God says that's true success. If he tells you to stay in that marriage where it's really hard right now, that's true success. If he tells you to give what you got, and he'll take care of you on the back end. What's true success? Obedience to God. Why are you saying that, Pastor Mike? Come lower this goal one more time. Because what's happening is if success in God's eyes is this 10-foot goal that we should be playing on, what we keep doing is lowering the standard, and when we lower the standard, success is other things. Oh, I wanna be famous. So success for me is fame. Success for me is people being impressed with me. Success for me, and we're playing at the wrong level. It's time for us to raise the rim. The thing that always impacts me when I think about Kobe's life is all his worldly accomplishments. 18 all-star games, four MVPs, two Olympic gold medals, five NBA championships. When he transitioned into eternity, none of them mattered. Think about it. Think about it. 41 years of working for something and in a moment. My question to you people mourn and grieve and hurt and his family is probably going through something that none of us can imagine and we're praying for them and a lot of people keep asking me why would God do this why is Kobe gone and I don't have the answer for that but maybe a greater question that you should be asking yourself is why are you still alive Today, I'd be a horrible pastor if I didn't challenge all of us to raise the rim. Let's not live at the standard that the world sets. Let's not love at the standard that the world sets. Let's not give at the standard that our family showed us. Let's find our standard in the Word of God. Let's sell out to a sacrifice that might hurt, but it's gonna build more with our talent, time, and treasure than anything we could do on our own. Let us get a strategy, and let us see eternal success. I'm living my whole life till when I transition, I hear from God, well done, my good and faithful servant. And the arena of heaven would stand up, and it would clap. And shout not because I did everything that the world said I could do but I obeyed God I feel this and I did what God asked me to do I will have reached true success if that's you in this place I want you to stand all over this place if you're gonna raise the rim if you're watching online I want you to lift your hands I want to pray for you right now father God in the name of Jesus I've tried to convey this word in the most practical Way that I can But today Father I need you to do the heavy lifting There are people in here Father God Who have lowered the standard And today we're asking you to raise the rim Help them raise the rim On how they treat people How they love people How they give How they sow How they honor people And God I'm asking you that our lives will be changed From today forward We will not conform to the standards of this world but we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In Jesus' name, somebody say, I agree. agree. If you're in this room right now, everybody just please, this is the most important part of the service because we can leave out of here and we never see you again. That's a vapor. And there's some people in this room whose eternity is unsure. You've been living at your own standard, you've been doing your own thing, you've been setting up your own goal, cheering at the wrong level. And God's saying, hey, right now you can make the greatest decision of your life and raise the rim. There's some Christians in here that need to rededicate their life because you've been living too long. And if that's you in this room and you're saying, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Or I want to rededicate my life to God today and raise the rim. I want you to lift your hands all over this place. Come on. I I see you. 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 Man. Okay, you can do better than that the rim is going up right now the rim is going up for you transformation nation Hey, we're a church. That is a family. Nobody prays alone. I'm so proud of you Today as we pray this prayer your eternity is going to be established and now you have the choice to live at a new standard Can we all pray this prayer together? Everybody say God Thank you for sending Jesus To show us how to live at the standard Today, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being rose again. Today, I give you my life. Change me, transform me. I'm yours, in Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a praise? More than a Super Bowl, more than an NBA championship. Eternity was just changed. Glory to God.
1: If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our TC app or at transformchurch.us. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now, go and live a transformed life.